Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we are covering Beelzebub. One, two, Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. We're recording a lot earlier than normal. And it feels good. Yes. And why is that? <laughs> because I quit my job. Because of Patreon. <laughs> because Thank of Patreon. You guys for closing the gap. Um, YouTube's still not working. Oh, my God. But, it's still um, not freaking... <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I just had a long email chain with them, and essentially it's just, wait your turn. Wait we your talked turn. to someone we'll named to Q. We did. They were named Q. They were named Q. They called themselves Q. It's true. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for coming out and supporting. Um, I, you know, I, it's I'm not living living the life over here, but we're getting by, and that's all possible because of you. And it's going to uh, lead to a lot of new projects, including our Kickstarter, which is going on right now for the Super Quest Saga campaign setting, Dragon Star. So if you're interested in that, there's a link in the description, but it's essentially a source book that's set in the far future of D&D. It's going to be a fusion of sci-fi and high fantasy, and it's all based off of Super Quest Saga. And uh, I'm able to work on it full-time now because of Patreon, so thank you guys. And trust me, it needs it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys. I'm going to be working on it as well as yes. a writer. Yes, um, he is. So yeah, if you want to free me from my job prison, uh, please do. <laughs> please find a way. I need you. I need you now more than ever. Um, it's going to take a little more for me, but we'll get there, I'm we'll sure. There so thank, thank you guys so much. Um, Patreon is going to start getting a lot of new updates and things like that. There's a lot of cool stuff in the works for the show. There, yeah, there and, are. There's a lot of stuff coming up. You, you guys are going to see it all. As usual, it's all it's all thanks to you guys, so thank, thank you so much. Um, Will being full-time helps me um, immensely anyway, so like, yes. very, very cool. Um, so... Last time on Year of the Fiend. I know. <laughs> My friends. <laughs> we spent some time in what I think we can all agree is the grossest layer of the Nine Hells, Mobolje. Very nasty. Mm -hmm. uh, this week, we're going to be spending some time with an Archduke who I think we will all agree by the time this episode is over is the grossest of the Archdukes of the Nine Hell. That's right. We are talking about Beelzebul. He Lord has a devil put aside for me. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Beelzebul, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> The Fallen One, also known as the Slug 
Archduke. Oh no! He, oh, you did you did kind of mention I, that I, I would think this guy's there. grosser. Yes. Oh, he's gross. Oh, oh you sh- just you just wait. He's okay. gross. Okay. Formerly an archon known as Triel, Beelzebul is the lord of Melodomini. So, okay, let's talk about the name Melodomini. Is it Melodomini or is it Melodomini? You have said Melodomini before. Yeah, but I think it's Melodomini. Um, Melodomini. Uh, let me, Ma- let me Mal- see. Melodomini. Melodomini. La- Mal- oh, well, you look that up. I'll continue. It's Melodomini. <laughs> no, I hate it. No. And some say. Slevio saw. <laughs> and some say the most infamous archdevil next to Asmodeus himself. Archons are essentially super lawful good angel-like celestials. Uh, we don't have to really get into that. Just I want you to understand where he came from. So he was like a super lawful angel. Okay. Before he fell. So, so kind of like Zariel. Kind of like Zariel, except for yeah, kind of like Zariel, except for like Zariel was more. I I don't know how to explain archons as being more lawful good because angels do have a tendency to be very lawful good, but like archons are almost like lawful good personified. Okay. Except for he wasn't. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. We'll get into it. All right. Uh, He was known as the Lord of Flies. Uh, Well, he is known as the Lord of Flies, but he also was known as the Lord of Flies because uh, his webs of intrigue were so tightly woven that not even flies could escape them. Not even flies. Gross. That being said, he's called that now the Lord of Flies for a very different reason. Um, I see. And the new form he was cursed with as... Cursed with by Asmodeus has earned him an even newer title as the Slug Archduke. Is it Melatomini? Don't even. Don't you even. I'm on a video right now that says Melatomini. I'm not calling it that. (laughs) Melatomini? Yeah, Melatomini. I don't know. Melodomini is what I'm going with. Okay. So we have three physical descriptions of Beelzebul. One for the three phases of his life so far. Uh, as Triel, Beelzebul was once renowned to be among the most beautiful and splendid denizens of Celestia, but was physically altered after his corruption. His new form became that of a 12-foot... Oh, I'm sorry. I was st- <laughs> I was still trying to get uh, pronunciations going. 3.7 meter tall. Humanoid. With shimmering sable skin and the jittering compound eyes of a fly. Gross. Still angelically stunning, even after his fall from grace, Asmodeus put a curse upon him as punishment for a later crime, forcing him into an even more demeaning form. He's so beautiful still. I can't have it. (laughs) The former Celestial's mutated form has now become that of a 25-foot... Or 7.6 meter... ...tall slug, a gross, grotesque abomination infamously unpleasant even to other devils. And to make it even worse, the Lord of the Flies is constantly surrounded by swarms of the buzzing, scuttling creatures that have earned him his title in a new second and grosser way. Okay. Beelzebul's, Beelzebul's body glistens with mucus, and thanks to his curse, fecal matter and other rancid filth manifests where in piles wherever he goes, resulting in his notoriously noxious stench. Well, I'm not worried about it because we're already demonetized on YouTube. So, like, let's talk about fecal how he matter. just, like, makes poop. Like, all over the place. Wait till we talk about his house. So much. Oh, no. (laughs) His deformed arms rest at his front and are more comparable to prehensile tails in appearance. These arms are completely useless as far as functioning his arms, though, incapable of lifting any more weight than their own. Uh, Replacing his handsome visage is a gross human-like face with torpid lips, incapable of properly pronouncing words without a slimy wet lisp. Oh, fun. That's great. He's just the worst. He's bad. He's a bad bad dude. Have you ever hiked or, like, walked behind, 
or no, walked on like a horse trail or a donkey trail or something like uh-huh, that. Yeah. And there's just like, you know, piles of do- donkey oh, yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And it's been like smashed into the mm-hmm, ground and stuff. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. got to be happening here. Oh, but with yeah. Like, that you know, but times 100. You know, nasty big dookie logs <laughs> that are just getting <laughs> smushed. So check your fucking feet before you come in my house, homie. It's like there's no point. There's no point in, in this lair. However... <laughs> Even now, as the Lord of Lies, he, he so he's also he's known as the Lord of the Flies, but he's also known as the Lord of the Lies. Okay. okay. Is he so, killing kids with boulders? No. All right. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> no, he's not. However, even now, as the Lord of the Lies has been reduced to such an unsightly state, faint glimpses of the slug Archduke's previous glorious appearance can still be made out of times. Mm. For he's recently managed to work off his punishment, partially freeing him from his Modius's curse, and allowing him to return to his humanoid form in a limited sense. What? So okay, yeah, it's it's a convoluted history. We're gonna get into some convoluted history stuff here. So he spends a time just being a nasty. It's slug. very unclear. It's okay. extraordinarily unclear, and we're gonna we'll you'll see why later. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we know that Beelzebul was originally the archon known as Triel, and one of the most powerful and beautiful ones to be found in Celestia. Unfortunately, Triel's selfish acts in the name of achieving quote unquote perfection resulted in his corruption and exile from the seven heavens. After his fall, Asmodeus perhaps out of some lingering sense of sympathy, favored and quickly promoted Triel to the ranks of infernal nobility. Okay. Uh, now, what is an archon exactly? <laughs> I said this earlier. Archons are super lawful, good, angel-like beings. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay, just checking. Uh, uh, we could do an episode that does more. So, like, so like there, there's archons who are like the lawful good. Yeah. Then we have gardenals who are like more the chaotic good. Okay. And then we have uh angels that are kind of spread across the whole thing but i guess tend to be more neutral good sure okay. I, that's all very general and not entirely correct it's the best i could it's a good it short intro yeah it. exactly okay. yeah okay so the ex celestial's ruthless lust for power served him well in hell and before long beelzebul as he had begun to call himself master diabolical politics he not only displaced the ancient original Lord of the Seventh, but managed to expunge his identity and accomplishments from infernal history. He eventually became the only archdevil to rule two layers of the Nine Hells, although he ruled Malbolge through Moloch, and even that was a continual struggle, which we know ultimately failed, because that's Glazia country now. <laughs> I love calling it Glacier Country. Yeah, me good. too. And uh, he he even uh, became so successful or powerful or, and um, what's the word like uh, competent that he managed to create his <laughs> own uh, form, his own like specialty devil. These are mosquito-like devils uh, called a purabos, and they function only in swarms. So they're like they're like bird-sized mosquitoes, but they're devils, and they function in swarms. Well, I found something more I hate that I hate more than mosquitoes now. Yeah, and it's these. It's these. The it's bird-sized ones. Exactly. That's like the ones from um, Jumanji, Jumanji, which yeah. always comes up with this goddamn show. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, but that's so like. The... We, and it, it, not only does Jumanji always come up in the show, it comes up primarily in Year of the Fiend episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, there's terrible shit happening Jumanji in Jumanji. Is definitely like a portal to a layer of the abyss. That's what it is. There That's are... what it is. So many people like they. This is a kids movie, and so many people are dying in Jumanji. Yeah, like, the original Jumanji, not the, yeah. the, not the remake. The Robin which Williams are, Jumanji, which are fun in their own way. Sure, but they're also drastically different. Have you seen Zathura? Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. It's good. It's, it's pretty not good. bad. Uh, what's that fool's name from iCarly? He's uh, there. Is he? Isn't he the adult? No, guy no, 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 no. From the future? No, no, no. That's um, that's uh, Kristen Bell's husband, uh, Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard. He's very. Oh funny. yeah, he looks 
he looks kind of like the dude I'm thinking of. I think, yeah. Okay. All right. Look at Black Shepherd. No, you do that. Right. I'm gonna tell you more about Beelzebub. This is how I missed miss the thing about the Archduke. I was yeah, looking yep. up how to pronounce <laughs> Maladomini. Okay. So this next part, <clears throat> it kind of irks me. Actually, stop looking this up because I need you to pay attention. Okay. Hang on. I'm, I, I I'm just about to get up, mad. I just looked up Dark Dax Shepherd. Now I'm looking up iCarly guy. <laughs> Jerry Trainer. Okay. They, they look. Do they? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think sort so. Sort of. Their facial structure and smile, kind of, but they, right. they're definitely different people. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> Confirmed. Dex Shepard and other guy are definitely different people. Jerry Trainer. Jerry Trainer. Not the same dude. Not the same guy. <laughs> All right. So, so this dumb. next part, it kind of bothers me. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to preface this with the fact that I am of the opinion that 5e seems to have this very strange tendency of taking lore from previous editions. And making it lamer. <laughs> okay. Just uh, slightly more lame. Just slightly not as cool. Uh, obviously, how cool or not cool something is, is it's purely subjective. I understand that. Now, what about it? Uh, do you think we should wait for you to describe the rest of it? Uh, but I want to ask, like, what about it makes it lamer? Is it Are they trying to iron out and vanilla it a little bit? Or um, is it just because it's just simply not as good? Um, I think... So, okay, so with this first one, so uh, 4E Raven Queen lore is much cooler than 5E Raven Queen lore. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Yes. I think the Raven Queen is more compelling of a character. She's she's more of a badass in the 4E setting, while in 5E, she's just kind of sad and lame and, like, also, like, she's this, like, what's this, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, she is... She's, she's more of a been, tragic she's, character. Yeah, well, she's been no because she sucks. She's just she's she's a bad person. She's just a bad person in Five E. Okay, she does bad things to people for no reason other than whatever her weird selfish reasons are. Well, okay. Four E. Well, she's definitely got a selfish streak. She's definitely like she has a um, a pathos to it all, right? Like she was enslaved by a god, and then a bunch of other gods betrayed her. So she's like, never again. I'm gonna become as powerful as I as I can be to never let this happen again. And while all always maintaining the balance of life and death, and like actually doing her job as a goddess. Like she does her job and she does it well. Yeah, that's important yeah. for gods. So, I, I think that's not um, that's not a good building block for a character if you like make them a god with all these laws they have to follow, and then they just don't. Right, right. Um, also, I don't like that they attach her to all this all the elven stuff because like the elven stuff is already fleshed out and awesome and stuff and like that's true adding her to it just like i feel like you lose her and all that okay yeah there i could see i could see what you're saying there definitely i i don't think the 5e raven queen is was so bad we did like a video on it Mm -hmm. but it was definitely not as cool yeah I, i agree with you there so uh to add to that pre uh, 5e Spelljammer lore is much cooler than what ended up coming out in the 5e Spelljammer lore. Mm, like yeah. mostly because it just wasn't really fleshed out okay. in the new books. Uh, and especially the you know Aster Eater will live on in my heart. Yes, yes, it will live on <laughs> in my heart as well, and probably near a lot of our butts. Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so I'm going to give you two versions of events, and you will tell me which you think is the cooler lore. Okay. So eventually. Uh, all of the success for Beelzebul was not enough for him. Like all devils of power, influence, and ambition, the Lord of Flies longed for the throne. And at some point, he attempted to depose Asmodeus and conquer the Nine Hells. Although the manner with which he did so to get him punished was is disputed. 
Pre-5e states that Beelzebul was cast down for his play for power in the Reckoning of Hell. Right, exactly. So I was going to say, this is standard This is standard devil shit. Here we go. Yeah, normal stuff. Internal power struggles caused all of Hell to split into two factions. The first was led by Mephistopheles, followed by Mammon, Despater, and Jerion. The second was led by Beelzebul, followed by Zariel, Belial, and Moloch. Each faction aimed at overthrowing the other in order to challenge its motives for rulership. It's long and complicated, and there are conflicting versions uh, different archdevils would tell you, but to sum it up, it was basically World War One, but hell. <laughs> okay. Glazia spread rumors that Beelzebul was readying his forces to attack Mephistopheles, even though it was more to launch an assault on Asmodeus, but he wasn't even ready yet. Is there like chemical warfare? Um, sure. It's hell. Why not? Well, it's World War One hell. So uh, probably. I just meant it's like World War One in that like, uh. The mechanisms of alliance get triggered as people think that they're about to go to war, and suddenly everyone's fighting everybody, and no one knows why. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so they weren't like in trenches. Like, no, with... I mean they were probably that too. It's probably horrible. Did but they have like... radium watches. Yeah, absolutely. They did. <laughs> okay, okay, that's cool. As long as they had that. <laughs> she uh, Glazia also spread rumors on the other side, saying that Mephistopheles was about to hit Beelzebul hard with his forces. Not knowing lie from truth, Beelzebul blew his load prematurely and called in his allies, Zariel, Belial, and Moloch, and decided to march through Mephistopheles oh. on his way to attack Mesmodius. I thought, never mind. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. This <laughs> did three things. One, it made Me- Mephistopheles believe the rumors that Beelzebul was most likely gunning for him. Two, it pissed him off that Beelzebub could think that he could just march through his lands without permission, mm. uh, if, number one, proved not to be true. And three, how dare Beelzebub think that he could take down Asmodeus at all? Yeah. The only one who's going to kill Asmo is me, and I will kill you before you try before I, me. Yeah, okay, that totally tracks. Yes. Good stuff. Uh-huh. So Mephistopheles calls up his boys, Despater, Maman, and Jerion, to go kick Beelzebub's ass, uh, absorb his forces, and then go kill Asmo and take the throne. Hey, we're going to jump this fool. Get ready. <laughs> This leads to an enormous battle that neither side wins because Asmodeus knew what was going to happen before it did. <laughs> he had factions in both armies betray and join his forces and doled out a cat and whoop ass on literally everyone, and Glasmea got a promotion. He was sitting in front of his chessboard, like, staring at it, and he had, like, a picture of Beelzebul next to it. He's like, I'm going to fucking get this guy. Yeah. I know I so, know everything. Everyone get fucking reckoned. Yeah. Get reckoned, bitch. That's a great hashtag. Get reckoned. I think we already did that, right? We have, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the reason Beelzebub gets turned into a slug monster is because he initiated the double rebellion by being an idiot. Nice. Um, that's before 5th edition. Very Doctor Doom. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff really is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, now, now, let's, now let's do 5e's version. Yeah, okay. Beelzebul, as the master of all documents, paperwork, and bureaucracy in hell, secretly altered documents to send the bureaucracy of hell into a chaotic upheaval and make his modius seem incompetent. You're off to a great start with making me think this is cooler. <laughs> a plan upended by the unpredictable blood war before his actions were discovered. Maladomini, or Maladomini, or what the fuck did you call it? Maladomini. Maladomini. Was thought to have become a war zone between Beelzebul, who was attempting to hide his actions, and the other Arctics trying to expose this conspiracy, supposedly resulting in the ruined state of many of Maladomini's cities. <laughs> Whatever version is the version you choose. A series of bizarre penalties befell Beelzebul, a retroactive curse turning him into a slug for a year per each lie he had ever told to a devil, an in- inability to strike deals without disaster befalling his associate no matter what, Having his castle turned into excrement and filled with filth and having his dominion of Malbolge stripped from him. Now, is this, when we say a year, is that like, that's not Gregorian. It's like Faerunian year or whatever it is. 
I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, whatever probably. that means. So, so hell doesn't have their own calendar. I mean, they probably do. Like, who who knows how long this actually goes for? Because, like, how many lies has this immortal being told over the last ten thousand years? At yeah. least one a day. At least so one at least a day. At least 10,000. Yeah. So I would say for like fantasy writing, it would be 10,001 lies. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So th- those are your two versions. And one version, it's like a crazy World War One scenario caused by Asmodeus's daughter, blamed on Beelzebul, but it's really, it came down to Asmodeus was pulling strings the whole time. Yes. Um, versus he tried and to- somebody got jumped in that version. And someone got jumped. Yeah, which is actually, cool. There was two. There was two different jumping scenarios, actually. Yes, yes. Um, and then in the five E version, it's like a paperwork thing, and he tried to make Esmo seem incompetent, but then it failed. So which one's cooler, Ryan? <laughs> Tell me. I don't fucking need to say anything. Okay, let's move on. All right. So let's talk about the fiend himself. <laughs> okay. Of of Beelzebub's numerous flaws, his most crippling is his perfectionist extremism. His unfiltered dedication to achieving physical flawlessness and greater dominion is what caused his initial fall from the seven heavens. As such, callous ambition is more befitting of a devil. Seemingly incapable of realizing when he had gone too far, his utter arrogance led to him led him to undermine his own plans by overreaching. He might have even been able to defeat his rival Mephistopheles if, in his overconfident scheming, he didn't also aim to defeat Asmodeus, right. causing him to fall even further than before. That's just the big... The big detriment to all the plans is mm-hmm. trying to be the leader of hell. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah. You can't, can't be. Nope. Beelzebub makes an effort to seem calm on the surface, often withholding his true feelings from others. But in truth, the Lord of the Lies views his transformation into a slug, into a slug not simply as an obstacle to be overcome, but as a humiliating experience. <laughs> Nice. He has become an abusive taskmaster during his time in hell, a sadistic torturer that displaces his anger on his subjects and loves disheartening them. But after being cursed, he has become neglect- neglectful and miserable himself. Oftentimes, he ignores his depressing duties in favor of plotting revenge and fantasizing about regaining his original trail form. Big same. <laughs> I, feel, I feel it in my heart. <laughs> I I sympathize. Planning an uprising in my established locations where I I'm, I am not the leader. I will rise above this slug form. <laughs> every every mo- Monday through Friday, I go back into my slug form. <laughs> Despite his flaws, though, Beelzebub is still dangerously cunning and charismatic. Even when trapped in his inarticulate slug-like form, he is still the Lord of the Lies, whose every deception and false statement is made with ease. He is not to be mistaken as a pathological liar, as he tells each untruth with the purpose in mind, and indeed has managed to keep a hold on his lair for several millennia without lying to another devil, at least. Okay. Because that's the rule. Like, he, he his slug form is extended for lies to other devils, but he can lie to mortals all he wants. Okay, got it. After his mortifying experience as a slug, Beelzebub has limited his open plotting to the Lord of the Eighth, uh, Mephistopheles, and focuses his energies on sneaking more spies into Asmodeus' court while also appealing to him, uh, primarily by making his rivals look incompetent by comparison. (laughs) The curse inflicted upon him by his master effectively neutralizes his ability to properly forge alliances with his peers. God, take a shot. Take a shot. So Do much. it. Pour yourself a whiskey or whatever you have. <laughs> so much of his time is spent completing his actual duties as an archduke and overseeing the soul-driven bureaucracy of his lair because he can't actually, you know, plot with other dudes because no one, no one will deal with him because, like, there's a curse that says if you deal with him, <laughs> bad things happen to you. Yes, exactly. And he smells like shit. <laughs> he smells like he shit. He smells so bad. Even the other devils are like, Jesus Christ, man. 
Edicts, policies, treatises, and other documents are kept in the underground archival labyrinth that Melodomini has made after uh, his defeat, protected by traps, devils, and confounding classification systems. <sighs> so... <laughs> Okay, so for people that don't know, yeah. when Will's phone goes off on on the show, it's a uh, it's you a have text. to it's a, it's Dungeon Cast Bingo. You have to take a shot. Um, it oh, hasn't wait. happened for a, a long no, time, so I thought kick, I'd, I'd touch kicks, on it. It's Kickstarter stuff. Yay! Join our Kickstarter, support our Kickstarter, and you can take a shot. I'm trying to make it to the short rest break before we run out of camera time, so let's go. Oh, okay, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so if anything exemplifies Beelzebub's legacy of failure in the unending pursuit of unattainable perfection. It is his lair, Melodomini. Melodomini. What'd you Mal- say? Melodomini. Melodom- <laughs> I hate that. Melodomini. Melodomini uh, was once a bustling realm of vibrant cities and a panoply of roads, gardens, and bridges. It was a center of hell's bureaucracy where every edict, law, and order was dutifully copied and filed away. With each passing year, the devils would add more fortresses and archives to Melodomini in- to house all their records. It- what's panoply? So. Panoply is like a glorious display, um, um, usually of like gardens and stuff. Okay, I thought it was maybe like a weird offshoot board game. No, okay. <laughs> let's play Panoply. <laughs> um, but no matter their excellence, Beelzebub was never content with the cities he built, striving to complete a configuration of form and function worthy of his greatness. Upon completion, new cities were inevitably deemed unsuitable and either left behind as a symbol of past failure or plundered for materials in upcoming structures, quickening their degradation. As in most of his endeavors, um, Beelzebub was una- was able to envision his idealized result, but unable to bring it to reality. Okay. The result of Beelzebub's folly is a druid's worst nightmare. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> a defiled, suffering world robbed of nature. Ooh. Where greenery might have forested, the land is rotting wood, dead stumps and trees burnt by slag heaps. Uh, the only persistent life being the fly swarm said to be Beelzebub's eyes and ears. Below, the blood black sky of Melodomini is a surface spotted with deep quarries and strip mines that scar the land like gaping wounds and leak polluted gases into the air. Petitioners and lesser devils alike lack tools but are nevertheless forced to dig deeper underground for stone and minerals to carve and cut, further contributing to the destruction. Effluvium and sludge from split canals can be seen all across the plain surface and anything that might have been living within the polluted rivers normally dies on the banks after breathing in the toxic air. Man, this really is. It's just like a world of rot. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the layers are kind of like that, huh? Yeah, but it's, it's, I do find it really cool how they've managed to make most of the layers have their own flavor of like what you would call a hell, right? And this yeah. is like industrial hell. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. This it, world has been just strip mined and the air's been polluted to the point of like it's just inhospitable to all life. Sludge coming out. You use the word effluvium. Yeah. I awesome. Did. <laughs> uh where was I? Uh the Beelzebub C yeah. ceaseless construction projects make Melodomini, while incredibly inhospitable, an excellent hideaway for runaways, deserters, petitioners, defeated devils, and resilient extraplanar beasts. So many cities exist, in fact, that trying to run squatters uh run out squatters simply forces them to pick from a wide variety of other nearby shelters. This so. is like it's a lot like sounds like a lot like dis, but worse. It's yeah, it's like, like if, nastier. If, it's yeah, it's if dis was a complete failure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like if it didn't it didn't have all the structure. Yeah, exactly. The personal residence of Beelzebub 
is the fortress city of Malagard, not to be confused with the hag Countess Malagard, formerly ruler of Malvolge and Conseil of Beelzebul's former ally Moloch. Oh my I god. Just, why are you naming your citadel after the wife of your friend? That's strange. I, <laughs> He's now, like, look, I'm inside of it. <laughs> what, do you, what the fuck are you god gonna do? Damn it, Brian. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was an oversight. I'm sure. I think they had two different people <laughs> writing different things. Oh, and, and they had like heard somebody at the water cooler talking about that. Na- he was like, "Yeah, that's a cool name. I'll use that." Probably. I don't know. I'm sure someone in the comments could tell me why it happened. I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Malagard is one of the few cities that is actually inhabited, and a splendid display of the last remaining plants of the plain are tended to here. Uh, constructed of innumerable black stone spires that extend into the sky and stretch for miles on end, Malagard is so vast that not even its lord knows all of its millions of miles of passages and rooms. Wow, okay. <laughs> so what does that mean? Like, it just means it's super big. It could just have anything yeah, going on there. Exactly. He's like, I don't, I don't fucking know what's down there. Yeah. Have you seen people try to go and like walk the, um, the Capitol building in D.C.? No. Uh, apparently it's built like a labyrinth. Oh, nice! And like you can get lost down there. Oh, wow! Um, yeah, that. Oh, uh, that's me. a horror movie right there. Below the Capitol. Yeah, dun, below. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> that's the maze Na- of the misbegotten. National treasure ends with Nick Cage dying below the Capitol building because of its vast labyrinths. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> The towers are connected by both open and covered bridges that slant and crisscross crazily in every direction, and the dungeons are so deep that many of those who escape the clutches of their devil tormentors actually flee into them in order to escape. That's just like what happened to Nick Cage. <laughs> Even right. as it was being constructed, however, Beelzebub's servants uh, knew that while it was without a doubt his greatest city, that it would end up de- he would end up declaring it unsatisfactory and force them to start again with some even sabotaging their own work to delay the inevitable. Despite its great variety and number of rooms, many of the unused areas are crammed full of garbage, carrion, and broken items by servants. Malagard became a symbol of sloth and nihilistic ruin as it slowly crumbled and fell into the surrounding dirt, while the poorly kept roads became rivers of trash. Even the occasional repairing spree quickly ends, and every day the crushing defeatism weighs more upon the devil denizens, with even the incessant Beelzebul eventually giving up, preventing its demise. So, this is just a world with no carry-on crawler, and no, um, what is it? Uh, Otiugs. Otiugs. Oh, there are Otiugs here. We're gonna get to that there after are... the short rest. Oh. Shout out to the Are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce NordVPN. Are you bored of US Netflix? Why not take it for a spin in the UK or vice versa? Using NordVPN in the click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Use the link nordvpn.com slash dungeoncast and you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. Everybody loves to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. NordVPN is doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. 
Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never even happened. Be sure to check out nordvpn.com slash dungeoncast to get your subscription started today. Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We've returned. Indeed we have. Check us out on patreon.com slash the dungeon cast, where you can get all kinds of new cool shit that's going to be going on there very soon. Indeed. Including, well, number one, all the content that we have there. We have all kinds of live plays, another podcast called The Dungeon Chats. Um, I'm going to be doing a weekly newsletter. We're going to be holding uh, suggestion and vote threads for a Patreon topic, a Patreon voted topic every single month. Um, and then we have a bunch of other stuff that we're working on. Yeah, there's still uh, early episodes when we can get them. And then um, <clears throat> the live play stuff's going to start getting moved on to public feeds. So we'll have different live play stuff. But um, mm-hmm. that's that's it, y'all. Get Get your hand on the ball, Dungeon Cast style. Do it. Uh, you can you to be a part of those polls and stuff. You can um, support at any donation level, yeah, a dollar, whatever. Like, um, if you want better stuff like merch and stuff, it's the higher tiers. But you know, there's a lot of stuff there, um, and we would love if you came and participated. That'd be awesome. You ready? I'm ready. So, in the center of Malagard <clears throat> is the Palace of Filth. Mm-hmm. Beelzebul's castle that was turned into a building-shaped pile of amorphous dung at the same time that Beelzebul was cursed and ordered by Asmodeus to be filled with even more filth. <laughs> more. More shit. Beelzebul- let, me wa- let me walk through there. <laughs> Beelzebul, while in his slug form, 
has to, or had to, hollow the interior himself to create corridors and rooms and periodically reinforce slumping ones with the ooze from his bloated body, lest they collapse upon his servants. What? Can we end the show? <laughs> no, we end I the still episode got now? four more pages. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> he's just chomping on it? He's just, yeah, he's... T- <laughs> om nom 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 nom. It's disgusting. I have to do this. <laughs> It's my house. This is my house. <laughs> Despite all this destruction and horror. Yeah. <laughs> every edict, policy statement, scientific treaties, and other document in the Nine Hells continues to be recorded, copied, and filed away in Maladomini's archives. These storehouses are buried deep underground and have thus uh, remained intact and functioning. Where's Big B? We need him to sign this document. Ah, oh, he's downstairs <laughs> eating shit. To be fair, he can't <laughs> sign documents because his arms don't work. Oh, yeah. He can do it with his mouth. His good <laughs> shit-eating mouth. I'm sure he has, like, a an official document signer. <laughs> he just has to witness it. He has to be yeah, there for it. Yeah, he has to it. be there for it. He's like, oh, no, we got to go downstairs again. <laughs> we got to talk to him. B, what are you doing? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> I can't do Fucking it. gross. I told you. I told you this was going to be He gets reckoned every day. That's so funny. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Each document in the archives is important in its own way, and all these sites are heavily guarded by devils and traps. Even if would-be thieves could get around the defenses, they would have to figure out how to navigate the complex classification system that marks the precise location of each bit of paperwork stored within. I need a potion of poop breathing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this this is the clean place. This oh, they're is, in yeah. the clean... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the one he already place. ate all this stuff. <laughs> nice. Beelzebul has several rivals in the Nine Hells and enough enemies that at some point he was given the insulting corruption to his title, Lord of the Lies, mm-hmm. although in some cases it is, it is still used as a compliment. His notable foes are Mephistopheles and Despater, both of which are ancient archdevils whose seniority contrasts Beelzebul's quick upstart and both scorn him as an outsider. Uh, both were pleased to hear of his transformation into the Slug Archduke, and during his transformed period, Beelzebul drove his spy network to discover or at least plant evidence of their wrongdoing in hopes of getting them trapped in even more def- demeaning forms or, if or if lucky, completely destroyed. <laughs> okay. Well, how childish. Yeah, very well, nice. Yeah, they, they all are kind of a little bit. They're all very soap opera. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although he feigns subservience, Beelzebub's primary target of hatred is Asmodeus for cursing him. I mean, they all feign subservience, right? Yeah, yeah, they but, really and do. And in doing so, you I are think he, subservient. I think he does go the extra mile, though. He's so, like uh, Maman, who oh. kind of has a similar like transformation thing going yes, on, Yes, they've too. got the same the same vibe. Just yeah. one is a powered-up, grosser version. Yes, that absolutely. That is spending time <laughs> beholder-carving his poop castle. Yeah, and but the, both of them kiss Asmodeus' ass a little extra. Oh, I th- <laughs> You did not say that line fast enough. I was like, they both kiss? What? Why? <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Where was I? Despite Beelzebub keeping them in his castles and having them as servants and bodyguards, he only begrudgingly allows pit fiends into Maladomini, suspecting them of being puppets or spies for Asmodeus. He's probably right. Incapable mm. of admitting his own fault, Beelzebub places the majority of of blame for his curse on Mephistopheles. The Cold Lord is the greater of his rivals, and the two could be said to be quite similar, particularly in their insatiable hunger for power and recognition. 
Both believe that the key to their success is to defeat the other, making them the second greatest archdevil and strong enough to potentially overthrow Asmodeus. Each spends much of their time either machinating against their archenemy or having their forces engage in skirmishes and battles in, const in a constant stalemate, which ironically is part of the reason Asmodeus tolerates them. All right. Despite his curse that makes it so all who deal with him end in disaster, Beelzebul still has his allies, such as the Lord of the Fourth, Belial, who has been with him both before and after the Reckoning. Their relationship is kept private since Beelzebul was demoted, but both sides would come to the other's aid if they were in danger. Okay. Beelzebul has servants such as his first con consort, Baftis, a subservient devil that fears his wrath and normally acts only with express permission, and the second consort, Lilith, a powerful patron of material plane witches and his council that assist him in his schemes in the hopes of being returned to personal glory. Uh, there is also Neobaz, the Herald of Lies, a polite and somewhat paranoid spreader of Beelzebul's mandates and the only one allowed to move through the Nine Hells as he wishes. His respect for others is out of fear that anyone could be an archdevil in disguise, but he enjoys and appreciates his role as he realizes association with Beelzebul grants him more power than he could ever access on his own. I would be so frustrated to have to hear from the Herald of Lies, like some, some news broadcast. Like, yeah. I, got, I pretty much have to listen to it, and then I have to, like, fucking decipher it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so true. Amongst mortals, Beelzebul is second only to Asmodeus in terms of infamy and is as popular as many evil deities. Not that his cults make uh, worship pub, uh, public knowledge. Okay. <laughs> uh, even after his transformation, his cult is larger than those of his peers, although most mortals are unaware of the curse that, doomed those that makes, dooms those that makes deals with him. Whether as the Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Lies, or the Fallen One, he is despised as much as he is revered, luring in uh, mortal followers as the dual patron of Sly Charm, supported by brutal power. <clears throat> Oddly, being paragons of violent cunning, bugbears are his most common followers. What the fuck? With the heart of Beelzebub's army being a team of 16 fiendish bugbears called the Nyashk. That's actually kind of dope. Yeah, it's pretty out there. I was like, oh, that's strange, but yeah. okay, I'm into it. We love poop. <laughs> well, they don't like that part. <laughs> Remember, there was a time he he wasn't all about poop. <laughs> that's true. That's right. I just uh, stuck on slug form. They probably how things have changed. <laughs> oh, man, it's fucking... This doesn't smell as good as it used to, huh, boys? <laughs> Beelzebul specializes in mass scale corruption and deception, with his religious orders functioning more as conspiracies against previous establishments. His sects are often comprised of nonconformists, rebels, and other malcontents, and focused on disrupting uh, through a combination of charismatic guile and terror campaigns involving assassination. Okay. He tries to instigate coups against the leaders of lawful empires in order to replace imperial dictatorships in their stead. But as a result of his subtle methods, it can take his cult's generations to actually succeed. When such plots actually do come to fruition, Beelzebub's servitors normally prove more adept at subverting authorities and acting as them. Uh, because of this, Asmodeus, who normally targets an already existing authority rather than secret societies, occasionally swap swaps temples with Beelzebub, with Asmodeus taking over Beelzebub's finished products, projects and Beelzebul being granted access to hidden shrines of Asmodeus. Okay. So I, I think Asmodeus is like you Beelzebul, you come with a lot of baggage, but like your pros outweigh your cons. Like you're really good at this thing that I like I like and like when you hit that point that you're not confident anymore, I'll just take that away from you and finish the rest. Okay. So this is a good 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 starter. Yeah, and then, exactly. And then like Asmodeus will close it. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, he, oh, wait, let me scroll down. Because Asmo likes to chill, right? 
No, Asmo never chills. He's like a workaholic. Like so he's, he's just, so he's busy always... that he needs the others to do some of the things they're doing. So, no, I think he... it's just more. Well, yes, definitely. But I think it's more along the lines of like he could have whoever he wants to be the Lord of the Seventh. He tolerates Beelzebub for a number of reasons. Like number one, like he keeps Mephistopheles busy. And Mephistopheles is fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, he's actually really good at this cult thing. Like yeah. he's literally better than everybody not named Asmodeus at the cult thing. But he's really bad at like getting the mortals to actually do what they need to do. Oh, so okay. like once he finishes, you know, all the the plotting and the overthrowing, Asmodeus is like, okay, I'll take it from here. You did a great job. Do now do the next one. Now go eat some poop. Exactly. <laughs> Since semi regaining his old form, Beelzebul has positioned himself as a savior of failures, preying on individuals believing themselves to be in need of redemption, such as disgraced or destitute nobility. Whether due to disloyalty or incompetence, he and his agents find those that have lost important resources or honor and offer supernatural solutions to their problems. Of course, even without the curse of failure, secret clauses, fine print, and inconspicuous specifications are hidden throughout contracts made with the Lord of the Lies, all designed to ensnare the unwary and desperate. Yeah, that all tracks. As an Archduke of the Nine Hells, Beelzebub is at a demigod's level of power. Various spell-like abilities are at Beelzebub's command, such as the power to manipulate and create lights and flames, create powerful undead, enchant and mentally command others, turn invisible, and use various types of divination magic. His more powerful abilities let him create symbols of pain and insanity, speak unholy words, and even use the wish spell. Normally, however, Beelzebub's spells are his fallback plan used when his other supernatural powers prove unsuccessful at dealing with his enemies. When in his slug form, Beelzebub's first tactic is to belch out a gargantuan cloud of flesh-devouring flies. Hell yeah. <laughs> Although the... <laughs> Why are they in there? I'll give you one guess. <laughs> Although the flies normally disperse after being spewed, he can cause them to swarm and envelop his form if he so desires protecting him from harm. On top of this, Beelzebub's stench is so putrid that simply trying to get anywhere close to him is sickening. Uh, despite being more sluggish in this form, he is able to burrow underground in his adhesive slime-coated form is adept at scaling surfaces so he can climb the walls. He can just scoot up there. This is so nasty. It's so gross. I had a thought about, like, I don't know what scenario you would get in where you needed to loot this body, but, like, yeah. a rogue, like, walking up to it, like, bleh, <laughs> Yeah. Bleh. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. His arms are so feeble that he normally relies on his servitors to perform tasks like turning pages, opening doors, and feeding him. But they serve a purpose in combat. Blood, muscle, and sinew quickly wither away with even the slightest touch from the slug archduke's atrophied limbs. Although immortals like devils or demons are immune to the effect. And finally, like an actual slug, limbs and body parts removed from Beelzebub simply grow back, although his regeneration is supernaturally fast, allowing him to regrow body parts in a few minutes and reattach severed limbs. Like Piccolo. Uh, Like Piccolo. (laughs) Piccolo. Can you imagine him coming up to you with his slug body and, like, doing the fucking limp ninja arms (laughs) and, like, hitting you with his limp arm? It'd be horrible. (laughs) Then you just disintegrate. That'd be the worst experience someone <laughs> like, could have. What are you doing? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> do you have Do you have my, any questions about Beelzebub? Uh, damn. <laughs> slug, slug, slug. So I'm excited. Uh, the next, the next uh, Archduke that we will cover on the show is my favorite. So and the final. The, it'll be the final Archduke, but we have more more fiend episodes. Yeah, definitely. Because so. we're gonna we're gonna do demons. It's stuff not all too, devils. So, we do demon yeah. stuff too. Well, oh, okay. So, what do, can you go over what the maybe I missed it? What the 
pseudo form. So he's a slug for a long time, and then okay. he's not. So he, like his again? not slug form is um, picture like a, a, a muscular humanoid man with um, with ebony skin. Yeah, but where his eyes are, they're like the segmented eyes of a fly. Yeah, yeah. That's basically all I got. Oh, okay. So he's not like Jabba the Hutt? No, no, no. All right. That's his slug So form. he was Jabba the Hutt before, yeah. and then... Because I was picturing like, okay, he's a bad centaur. He's a slug centaur or whatever. No. In his pseudo with a humanoid top, because I remember that part, but he's just a dude the way he used to be, but he's got bad fly eyes, because he's the lord of the flies and the lord of the lies. Yes, yes. You got it. You got it's it. lowercase f, capital L, when you talk about him. Sure. Lord of the flies... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That's. I just wanted to get that clear because I I wasn't having a good. All right. Of it. Well, I guess we could get ready for a long rest. Yeah. Shout out to Team Yeah. Hey everybody, and welcome to the long rest in hell. Just kidding. No, we finally left that place. We're like out of hell. We're gonna go to bed. But before we do that, we have some people to thank. We do. Um, thanks a whole lot to everybody that came into Patreon. I know we've said it a few times and we're, we're really celebrating it, but like you- the support was overwhelming and like, we have to say it because thank you guys so much. Yeah. Like, th- thank you. Thank you. Really. Guys. Thank you guys for coming out. It, it means a whole lot and it really is getting the show like that next step. The next step is for, is for both of us to be full time on this and to make like the coolest stuff we can. Yeah. And more and more cool stuff. More and more cool. Do you want more cool stuff? Set me free. Help set me free at <laughs> patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. We thank you guys so much. There's going to be content no matter what, but there will be a lot more if um, you have the ability to to back us, especially at an annual rate. Um, that's that's always really, really cool. Helps us plan for the future. So thank you guys so much. Um, let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Um, we have patrons that have come in since last time. The Video Game Devil. Thank you, Video Game Ge- Devil. Woo! Woo! See, I feel like I'm saying it with more exuberance because, like, I'm less tired. See, you've set Will free from his job jail. Um, we got penguins uh, five 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 seven. Thank you, penguins five 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 seven. Woo woo. Ladies, or uh, I gotta get away from ladies and gentlemen because it's a gendered announcement. I want to say, uh, uh, what's a good? Like, you can just say like everyone, like, or just sure. start the announcement. Um, <laughs> or you just say what you're gonna say. Well, like I want it to be an address of the of the audience, but I don't uh, want to say like "Hello, audience." Good. Prepare yourselves good. for the, the words. Uh, I'm workshopping it. Okay, we've got Nick Farrell. He's back. Thank you, Nick Farrell. Woo, woo. Uh, Gary Dave T. Thank you, Gary Dave T. Thank- oh no, it says sorry, not Gary. Gay Dave T. Thank you, Gabe. Gay Dave T. Gay Dave T. Gay Dave T. Gay Dave T. And it's all smooshed together. Okay. But the G, the D, and the T are all capped. Nice. Nice. Thank you, Gay Dave T. We have Daniel Pauliello. Thank you, Daniel. They've uh, they've upgraded to annual. What were we doing for annual? I think we were just calling them annual subscriber. Oh, that too. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. <laughs> annual subscribers. I'll just do some fucking fanfare. I can't remember. I, no, I, I, think, write I, think that's it. I think that's it. I think you got it. Have you seen? The- I like that it's a little different every time. It's great. Have you seen the TikTok where it's like if uh, Voldemort was played by a trumpet? 
No, I have not. That scene where he in the end, spoilers for Harry Potter, I guess. Uh, like, in the end of of what of, of uh, Deathly Hollows, uh-huh. when he Harry goes to face off with him mm-hmm. in the little woods or whatever, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah. <laughs> so stupid, <laughs> so dumb, so good. Uh, I'll do I'll do Voldemort was a trumpet fanfare. Okay, people. there we go. All right, um, Zachary Harrington. Thank you, Zachary. Woo <clears throat> woo. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Uh, Joel Heisler, thank you. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Joel. And then uh, Joel Heisler, thank you. Thank you, Joel, again? Yes, we're going to thank Joel again. Okay. And then uh, Joel Heisler. Bear, 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 bear. <laughs> bear, 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 bear. Thank you, Joel. Uh, they went from, they went from uh, I think, the minimum to a tier and then to a higher tier. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Joel, so much. <laughs> thank, thank you, Joel. We appreciate it. Uh, I love the indecision into like the positive aspect of this. Or if it wasn't indecision, I, I guess just let me know because you're in Patreon now. You can send us a message if you want. Um, oh, uh, it's Diggy. Ben Diggy Dignan. He went annual on us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Was it Ben? Was yeah, it it's, Diggy? it's Diggy. Is DM Diggy? Yeah. Thank you, DM Diggy. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thanks. Um. I'm pretty sure Diggs got a podcast. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's a Faerun podcast. Oh, we should get him on the show. I saw somebody talk. Yeah, <laughs> I saw somebody talking about it. Like, dude, what? Diggy, be- tell me about your podcast. I'm fucking plugging you. <laughs> um, I just don't read Discord that much. Like, I do I do get in there. I'm just not in every channel. Yeah. Um, Charisdom Bard. Charisdom? Charisdom. Charisdom. Charisdom Bard. Charisdom Bard. Thank you. Thank you, Chris Bard. Thank you. They're an, they've become annual. Um, yeah, there we go. We got it. Yeah, thank That's you it. guys so much. We uh, really appreciate it. All Check the support out your means content. a lot. Get on it's those making polls. This possible. They'll be coming soon. Will was telling me about all his sweet, cool, I uh, you know, work from home plans. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing engagement. a weekly update. We just want what's going on. What what like the, the actual active plans of of what's going on behind the scenes here at the Dungeon Cast. Uh, updates as they go along. Um, probably like my thoughts of the day, just D and D related, or like a question of the day, maybe I have for you guys. Um, we're gonna again, we're gonna have polls, so you guys are gonna be able to make suggestions for episodes, and then I will pull from that pool of suggestions, and we'll do a poll. I'll pull from the pool, and we'll do a poll. I, I was gonna yeah. do what you just did. <laughs> you, you took it and, from me. Uh, and every month, uh, patrons will be will have their suggestions voted on, and we will do a patron episode every single month. So one out of the four episodes a month will be patron. Uh, uh, inspired. Yeah, last week was the Dragon Turtles episode finally aired. It took mm-hmm. it. We had some unforeseen hiccups with actually implementing that. Yeah, like, things, uh, like how happen. it paired up with like an interview and like other scheduled stuff. It got it got weird. So sorry about that. It yeah. took a little bit for that to air. And then there was like an episode on the poll that aired before the one that got voted. And it just like that's just how it fell that time. It won't be like that in the future. We, yeah. we figured it out. Yeah. So. But yeah, if you if you want that stuff, plus uh, I'm going to be releasing some of uh, the the stuff we've made for Unhallowed, which is going to be the the horror dark fantasy game that's going to be exclusively on Patreon. It's going to be have all the bells and whistles. It's going to be a very high production thing. I think we're going to be doing early. Uh, 
Super Quest Omega stuff, which is the follow-up uh, yeah, campaign. Yeah, I guess Super we could Quest talk Saga. about that here. Yeah. There's just going to be a new tier on Patreon for Super Quest Omega. Yeah. So, um, so if you're interested in getting that project early before it's completely polished, but while it's still you know very good, we're hoping. Um, <laughs> we then, are definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'm super I'm happy. Sh- with I'm how confident the, it's going to be very good. I'm super happy how the writing's going. Yeah, and it's be I'm fun. really happy with our team of players. Yeah. So um, there's that. I yeah. can tell you that. Um, and yeah, if you and plus all the old stuff that we've made, there's just so much content on there. So if you guys want some of all that, plus the merch, we're we're getting new annual merch uh, this October. Um, that's right yeah. we, we have yearly mer- the, the exclusive merch we put on patreon it's a yearly thing mm-hmm. and we redo it in october november it's usually live by like november december is usually by the when yeah that's the usual plan because it's for the for the new year yeah we like we like come up with the concept in october and then announce it and then we like actually implement it and yeah. it takes some time for patreon to like roll that out so but keep an eye out for that that i think we're talking about that today aren't we we are okay <laughs> Yeah. Um, so so next- yeah, if you guys if you guys want some of all that uh, and you, and you want to support us, that's that's the best way to do it. We appreciate it, and thank you everyone for for signing up for Patreon. Don't forget about Super Quest Saga and the Kickstarter. It's it's a huge deal right now mm, yeah, with the Dungeon Cast is. Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of hard work going into it. Um, take it from me, I'm I'm watching uh, people the people that are on that team right now that are actively working right now are working their asses off and yeah. we really appreciate you guys <clears throat> and and you know and we had a great opening we're already almost 50% funded so um if any of you guys are thinking about getting on board like i i highly encourage it cuz we we really want to cross, cross that threshold and and get this book out to you guys custom dice and shit yeah, at the higher dice. levels like yeah. if we can hit those stretch goals you guys that would be so fucking awesome yeah. oh yeah uh, we got some crazy good stretch goals if we can hit those i cannot wait they I'm sound super cool i i'm trying to, i'm probably going to like sub in on it so i can guarantee my my physical stuff yeah, the thing is, I got to do the same if I want to copy my own book. So yeah, I have to feed my own. I have to feed myself from my own hands. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be so, awesome. So yeah, go guys, go check that out. It's at drakenstar.com. The link's in the description if you're interested in that that's, Kickstarter. That's Draken with a K, D R A K E N, not Dragon Star. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Just so you know. Yeah. And um, I think we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.